0: Amen. Good word, hon. Rifle, come on, Bubba. Let's welcome Pastor Rifle here this morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, Can I just, Sean, do you mind doing me a favor? Just go get Tiffany downstairs. She's just looking off for the kids. Thank you so much. She's going to give testimony with me today. So, for the next two weeks, for anyone who's new, my name is Rifle. And my wife and I have just received our green cards. We are not from America. I'm from South Africa and she's Taiwanese. So, we just received our green cards. And just a while before we got them, I asked Pastor Doug and said, if the, not if when the green cards come through, if, if we could please have just, I can say six months to just testify every week. But <laughs> two, two weeks would be okay. If you could just give us two weeks so we can just go through a lot of stuff that has happened over the last five and a half years for us to be able to finally get the green cards two months ago. So Pastor Doug said yes. So that's what we will be doing for the next two weeks is just giving testimony about the goodness of God and what he did that so many people said is just absolutely impossible on more than one occasion. So I'll just wait for my wife before I start speaking that just to let you know, I'll, I'll wait for her. I'm going to say a lot of stuff I haven't prepared. We have not prepared anything, so it's not going to be line upon line. So if I do spit out a verse and it's not in there, it's because I didn't give it to the guys. So don't, you know, look back there. Where's the verse? Where's the verse? There she comes. Right. Last year, this time, we were in New York celebrating Tiffany's birthday, so it's good to be here. Okay, so this is what it's all about, these two beauties. Mm -hmm. So as I say, if I spit out a verse here or there, just just run with it, please. Um, Just before we start, a lot of stuff we're going to say, this is our revelation that we receive from God. So don't make our revelation yours. What I mean by that is so many times we give our testimony or we say what God has done And people come and they say, "Man, I I want to do that. I have heard so many people say to me, you know, I just want to do that. I want to quit my job. I don't want to work anymore, and I want God to provide. I'm thinking, dear Lord, have mercy. (laughs) That's absolutely the last thing you should do is. So don't because we did it and God told us to do it. You take that and say, well, if God did it for them, he's going to do it for me. There are certain things that God, because he did it for them, healing, redemption, peace, all of that, because he did that for them, because he's no respect of person. But each and every one of us have a specific place in the body, and he will move and he will adjust things for you and I to be placed in the body where he desires us to be. So what we are testifying upon is just the place that God has called us to be and how he has made that available through all the process. So don't say, oh, because they did it, I'm going to do it as well. Tomorrow, walk in and quit your job. Okay, not a good idea. Just want to read here from Acts chapter 10. This is not one of the verses I gave them, so it just came while we were doing worship. Uh, Just quickly, verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, that word truth today, man, I'm telling you so many different meanings. Yet, truth never changes. Truth is truth. But people like to bend and twist and put their own little theology and their viewpoint. Truth doesn't change. Truth is truth. Because you hear so much today about, well, this can't happen because of the pigmentation of my skin color. Because of the place that I grew up. Because of the parents that I had. Because of the country that I'm from. Uh, This won't be possible for me. And we have so many reasons for not walking in truth. But the Bible says that's the only thing that sets us free. So when we choose to believe man's opinion and not walk in truth, things are not going to work out and we're going to be deceived. So it doesn't matter what, because this verse goes on, it says, in truth, I perceive. So this is Peter who was a Jew who followed the law who absolutely did everything according to the law, and he was walking in what he knew to be right. And then Jesus came and his whole vision changed, as in how to see things. And then he said, now I perceive. I didn't see this before, but now I do. And we need to get to the place of seeing what Jesus has made available for us today, and that is truth. So Peter now says, I perceive that God shows no partiality. So whether you, what's that song, red or yellow, black or white, we are precious in His sight. There's no partiality. It doesn't matter what side of the train track you grew up. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter how good or bad your parents were. There is no partiality. So the miracles that God did for us, He will do for you as well to get you into your place in the body. Okay? There's no partiality. But in every nation, not this color, not this socioeconomic person, not this kind of finance, every nation who fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Bam. End of story. And Peter didn't believe that before. That wasn't the truth before the new covenant. But now he says, now I perceive, man, God came for everybody. Everybody. And he'll do this for everyone. So that's just the beginning of where we're going to start. Um, as I say, this is going to be a testimony. There might be a lot of teaching that comes out. I just, uh, that's just the way it's going to be with me. So um, do you want to say something, my love? Because you're just standing here looking so pretty and I'm talking, <laughs> talking, talking, talking. Would you like to? Not yet? Okay. We, we may interrupt ourselves very graciously every now and then. Because I might say something and, uh, you know, for example, someone says, so what time did you arrive? And I'll say, oh, we arrived about 5.30. And Tiffany will say, no, it wasn't 5.30. It was 5.28 and 27 seconds. (laughs) Okay, okay, it was 5.28. So every now and then we may just, you know, just give the real facts in there. So we may interrupt one another every now and then. But just, you know, to get these things, I mean, there's so much... God has done for us to be able to have these, and it's just the grace of God, uh, you know, as, as we're going to say, just, just what God has made available for us. It's just so good. When, and even now, you know, last couple of weeks, while I was just going through this and through papers and things that God had given me and us while we were in the process, just going through it again and looking words that the Lord gave me while we were still in Taiwan, And just seeing how they came to pass and how some places we we made mistakes, but the grace of God just brought us through those mistakes. And he still came through and he still was so faithful. And just looking back at that and just we are here today because of the goodness and the grace of God. There's just, there's nothing else. It's the goodness and the mercy of God that we are here, that we have these green cards that now we have to wait another five years before we can apply to be citizens. But man, there were so many things behind the scenes that God did for us to be able to get to this place. So there were so many people that did so many things. You know, people look at us and, well, it's our pictures on the green cards, but they have no idea of the people that were praying for us. There were so many people constantly in prayer for us. You know, I remember one Wednesday night when we still had men's group at Sean McNamara's house. And that that day, the lawyers had phoned the elders of the church. Because the lawyers who do our green cards, they kind of represent the government. They have to tell you the truth about what they think is going to happen, what's not going to happen. So, I don't know. This was, we had to apply for six visas to be able to get this. This was about the 4th. And the lawyers had phoned the elders and said, this is not going to happen again. Every single time that was the case. But they said, you need to tell this family they need to leave America. Because if you are still in America by the time your cutoff date on your current visa has expired, you are in a lot of trouble. And if you would ever want to come back, if you've overstayed your visa, it's not going to be good so you you need to let them know that they have to leave the country so the elders called me in and just said that to me and you know that night at the wednesday meeting i just said that at the meeting that we were and without knowing it when we were finished and i left the men got together and they prayed by themselves i didn't ask them i didn't they just took it upon themselves the guys that were there after i'd gone home to get together and pray for us, and believe, and and call that visa to come through. So, I mean, there's so many people that had so many things to do with this visa. You know, don't just look at us. I mean, we don't know even the people that prayed without even coming to tell us, the people that sowed, the people that gave. So, this is just such a big deal. God has used so many lives for this to become a reality. And we just give him all the glory. And we thank you every single prayer, every single dollar, every single hour, every single thing that everyone did. Thank you so much because without you, it would not have been possible. So we, we are really grateful for that. I wrote a couple of things down here. You know, little things that, it sound little, but when, when we had to first apply. My love, if you want to sit down, please, you, 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 you can sit down here. The very first visa we had to apply for, um, I went into the office. We phoned the people who do the visa, the Rose Immigration Law Firm. And they were saying, you have to write a CV, everything you've done. So I think, okay, that's not a problem. So I went home and I wrote my CV. And I came the next day and I handed it to Pastor Chip. And he looked at it and he said, said, brother, this is not a CV. I'm sorry. This is not going to work. So I said, what do you mean it's not a CV? He said, CV is you've got to write down everything you've done. Now, when I was in South Africa and you applied, because I qualified as a teacher, when you wrote your CV to apply for a job in South Africa, they did not want you to write everything down that you did because you're looking desperate. If you tell them, and I did this, I did this, then this, then they're going to think, man, this guy really, wow, he's, he's really, really trying very hard. So just write the main things that you've done. That's what I did. Chip looked at the CV, said, this is, this is not going to work. You've got to redo this. So I went home, and I redid it, and I wrote a lot of stuff. And the next day, I came in, and I gave it to him, and he looked again. And he, said, <laughs> he said, listen, this is, do you know what a CV is? I said, yes, I do. He said, because this, they're not going to, you need to say everything. So I said, listen, I call, what do you mean? So Pastor Chip literally himself wrote my CV for me. I mean, he sat there, he took his time out of his day and stayed in the office late and said, okay, listen, where did you go? What did you, did you go on any mission trips? Where did you go? How many people were there? How many people did you, how many wells did you dig? How many, you know, all of this. I'm thinking, dear goodness me, I've got to now tell wells that we built 20 years ago. I mean, come on, man. In any case, he physically wrote the whole thing out and sent that into things like that, that people don't know about. But so many people took so much time I remember one day, because time was of the essence in most of these dates that things had to be done. So if the lawyers phoned and said, we need this now, it was literally. So we needed something stamped one day, and I phoned the office, and we didn't have a car. And we were staying with friends way out on the south side. And Miss Faith phoned and said, you need this paper. You know, they phoned, and you need this. I said, I can't get there. We don't have a car, whatever. Miss Faith, during peak hour traffic, left the office, left her table, left everything, got in the car, drove all the way to where we were on the south side, just for me to sign a paper. Didn't get out of the car, just, okay, rifle, quickly here, yeah, sign, I need to go and post this. All I had to do was just sign the paper. She got back in the car, threw all the traffic, went all the way back to the office, and posted that letter, and it got in, you know in, into the lawyer's hands in time. So just little things like that that people don't know about, people just going out of their way to just absolutely bend over and love, lay down their lives so that we can have these two little things in our hands. So praise God for everyone that done, did that. So, um, okay, let's, I want to get my wife to say something. I don't want to stand here the whole time and talk. So. In Taiwan, when we had to go for the visa, okay, you have to apply at the American embassy in Taiwan to get a visa. Tiffany.
1: Okay. Okay. When, yeah, yeah when, we able, when we're about ready to go get our interview, <clears throat> and most people say to us, you're not going to get your visa because you don't have a job you don't have income, you don't have saving, you have nothing. So they're not going to give you, you know, give you the visa. So anyway, we say thank you for your advice, but we know God calls us to America, he will make a way. Right. So as we went to the interview, I mean, it's just like, you know, you need to go through a gate, you know, take all your stuff. I don't know you guys being there, but just take all your stuff out. You are not allowed to have your phone, everything. So go through, you know, one step by step. And then when we got to the... Um, fingerprint so I don't know why he's taking so long because he was ahead of me so I was, I was finished um, I was queuing to go to the interview and then he's still over there so in that stage one guy was you know queuing behind me and then he was rifle was behind the guy so later Holy Spirit said to me um, do you know you two need to go together as couple interview I said yes I know So, Holy Spirit said to me, let the guy go first, so you can go with your husband. I said, okay. So, I said to the gentleman, I said, do you mind you go ahead, because I need to go with my husband. He said, oh, sure. And before let us Wait,
0: this is one of those times we're going to interrupt one another. (laughs) We're in this queue. It's a long... It's like a snake. It's an S, all the way like this. So, we're lining up, and this guy just comes in front of me, where I'm just behind, and he just, by himself, just pushes in, in front of me, so Tiffany makes it sound very nice, and this guy just, I was ready to just tell him, excuse me, sir, but you know, but Holy Spirit said, just let him go, let it be, so you go on, my love.
1: Okay, before that, oh, some of my friends, they've been to America, and they went back, and a lot of, um, people will post on, you know, internet and say, you have to watch out. One lady, she was working in the embassy, you know, interview session. She is Chinese, yeah, and then she married an American guy. So, she's working in the embassy. So, a lot of very bad things, you know, that people say, um, be careful what you say, be careful what you do, because their lady will turn out, or, you know, most of the time she turn out, no, you're not going, no. So... So, when we were queuing, I saw a Chinese lady and a, a white Caucasian guy and another white Caucasian guy. I was thinking, please, Lord, please, Lord, I don't want to go to that Chinese lady. <laughs> so, you know, when we were queuing, probably a couple and the men you know, in front of us. And that time, the false window was open. And it's a, it's a nice American lady. So. I would say, okay, okay, let, let's, let, let, let me go to that one because I saw an, a couple was in front of me. They went to that open window. So she was so nice. I keeping looking at her. She was so nice. to let me say, oh, where are you guys going? Oh, we, we just engaged. We're going to go to America. We're going to go, you know, visit America, so-and-so. She said, oh, you just engaged. You're going to go to America. Okay, let me see. So, you know, I saw she go through her computer to see what, you know, what they're saying, and then she said, okay have nice time i said okay that's good sign so you know the guy still in front of me i said okay okay now that chinese lady is open now and that couple still you know kind of like oh you know still chatting i said please 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 and then that lady said chinese lady says okay you come i said oh thank you jesus and then we went to the we went to the the fourth lady window so she was so nice, looking out. So, oh, so that time, I don't have a job. We, don't, we both don't have job. But one of my friends asked me to um, tutor, tutor her son. So I said to her, I'm not going to take any money. So she said, no, no, I cannot do that. I said, I don't want money. The Holy Spirit told me to do this. And that time, that friend, she's fighting the cancer. So I said, no, Holy Spirit told me to So I'm seeing a life, but I don't want anything. She said, no, I cannot do that. I said, okay, whatever the law said to you, so she said, I'm going to give you $100 a month. I said, that's fine. So I write my salary, $100 per month in there. So the lady said, oh, what do you do? I said, I'm um, just a tutor. So, oh, you made $100 per month. I said, yes, it's not a lot. So she's looking, looking, yeah. Mrs. Skitter, you're fine. I'm going to give you a visa. I said, okay, thank you. So turn to him. The lady said, um, Mrs. Skitter, can you please explain to me how... How long was you in jail? So we look at each other, um, excuse me, what do you mean jail? So she said, um, you say here you've been arrested, you know, to a policeman, so I need to see the cold paper and everything you've been through. I say, um, he's not he never went to jail, what do you mean? So she said, but here she, he says, I say, okay, that's the um, that's the misunderstand you know visa situation. So and I see the lady took out the yellow paper. She starts writing. She said, "I really want to help you, but you need to show me something." So I said, "What? What do you need?" So she said, "I just need a cold paper from the you know from the government, and then just you know showing everything is okay." So I said to her, "I said, um, is there anything else I can bring?" She said, "Um, you can go to the police station to get the." Clear, clear room paper is that what you say? Just yeah, just to prove you don't have yeah you don't have any criminal record in Taiwan. So then that time, I'm happy but I'm not happy because she still not got his visa yet. Anyway, Holy Spirit said to me, "Remember last night you was you know tearing all the recycled paper. Go home and open the box." I said. I'm, I'm just tear all the paper. What do you, what do you want me to, you know, to look? So anyway, we went to the police station first to just apply, and that took three working days. So we went home, and I opened the box. And on top, just when I open and I see it's the paper from the government. And then say, this is you know, how long you need to you know, get out of the country, and this is the proof. So I just say thank you, Jesus. We can just take this in. Nothing's nothing is gonna you know it's gonna be quick, but anyway, let just just see, just you know to see how how much grace is there. And also, I was so tired the night before because I tear whole night and I just feel like okay, I need to go to sleep because tomorrow we had early morning we have interview. So I put that there. Let me come back and finish tomorrow. I didn't know this is gonna. Okay, this is the paper you need. So.
0: So that lady that's, I mean, there are three windows that people are allowing people to do interviews. And that Chinese lady is just denying, denying, denying your heart. I mean, you know, if someone stands, they're from Taiwan. Their English is not perfect. They're trying. They're going to America to study and I mean, just if you being interviewed, you, you may make a mistake, even if English is your first language. No, so sorry.
1: It's... All the people, interview people there, they can speak in very well Mandarin. If you use, they will ask you, you, you need, you want to speak English or Mandarin? Sorry.
0: Okay. <laughs> so if they ask you what, if someone says I'm going to study at university, they'll say what university? And, and if you give the university, then I'll say, where is it? And someone may say Washington, you know, and they thinking Washington, D.C., but it's actually in Washington State. You know, that lady just denied wrong answer next, like that. So we were walking, and as I say, we going to this Chinese lady's booth. And the next thing, out of the blue, this extra window opens, and there's a lady sitting. I'm telling you, that was an angel. I, that's, I, 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 really, I really do believe that. And she waited and she said, you two. I mean, there are people in front of us. That gentleman that pushed in front of us, Chinese lady. So she said, you two over there. She said, are you two together? I said, yes. She said, okay, you come here. So when she went through all of that, because now when you apply for the visa, you have to write everything on there. So I had to write that. I was arrested by the police. I have a criminal record. And if you write that on there... They're not going to give you a visa to come to America if you have a criminal record. They're just not going to do it. So when I told other people what I did, they were like, "Are you absolutely stupid. Have you? How can you, you know that by law they're not allowed to give you a visa if you have a criminal record? Why did you do that? I said, that's tell the truth. That's what the word says. If God wants us there, if God told us to go, he will make a way. So in any case, so this lady, as I say, she says, Mr. Skitzer, you find you can go, "Uh, Mr. Skitzer, I need to know what, this little incident with the police, what happened here? So, you know, know, it's it's a couple of years ago. That man is dead. I'm not that mad. They don't want to hear that. They don't believe in that. So in any case, so to make a long story short, then went to the police to look for the criminal record that I had because I was deported. I got kicked out of the country and all of that. All of that had gone. So when we went back and took that court paper, she was like, okay, you're good to go. So me not having any money, because by this stage we'd walked away from our jobs, that's the first question they ask, is how much money do you have? Because they don't want you to come to America and be a burden on the American people. So number one, how much money do you have? Uh, Two or three questions, oh, a return flight ticket, when are you coming back? We didn't have a ticket, we didn't have a visa. We're we busy for the, we don't have a ticket. You've got to take the ticket to the visa place to ask. We didn't have that. So none of that, not one of those things came up. She just said, I said, listen, that's long ago. I can't. She said, like Tiffany said, I want to help you. People in the visa office don't want to help you. <laughs> so this was, I'm telling you, an angel there that just said, okay. So that's how, that was step number one, you know. So praise God for that. So how all of this happened was it started with you know, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9. I didn't give it to them, but 1 Corinthians 1 9 says that we have been called into fellowship with Jesus Christ through the Father. We've been called into fellowship. And that's such an amazing verse because people in the Old Covenant were not called into fellowship. They were called into law. And the law doesn't take much faith. Fellowship does. Fellowship, you have the grace. Law, there's not grace. You can be driving in your car where it says drive 55, you riding 55, and you see one of those guys next to the road with a, you know, the speed gun. What do you do? You slam the brake even though you're doing 55. Why? Because the law brings fear of punishment. And the, the, the sad thing is that there are so many people of us living in this new covenant with an old covenant mindset of fear, because what if we do wrong? What punishment are we going to receive? That's not the covenant that we are in. So we are called into fellowship with Jesus Christ. This is how this whole visa thing started. One day I had finished in the morning with my quiet time and spent time with the Lord, and I had an extra hour or something To do nothing. God just made time. You see, when you sow seed, whatsoever you sow, when you sow time, when you sow seeds of time, you're gonna reap seeds of time. He will make time for you because you hear people say, I'm too busy. Well, how much time are you sowing towards the Lord Jesus Christ and the gospel? Because if you sow time towards that, you will reap time so that you can do that. So I sow my time in the morning. So I've got about an hour left. And uh, I'm just sitting in the DJ room in my nice big chair, and I'm just opening the Bible. And I'm just going to, because I'm called to fellowship, so I'm just going to fellowship with him. I open the Bible. I'm like, what am I going to read today? And I open, and I flap a few pages around, and I, okay, Psalm 107. So I start reading Psalm 107. And then when I got to verse 7, this I did give to them. Psalm 107, verse 7. And he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city for a dwelling place. And when I read that verse, because it talks about Israel and them being in trouble and crying out to the Lord and what he did. But this verse, verse 7, and he led them forth by the right way that they may go to a city for a dwelling place. You know how we say a verse jumps off the page? that's what happened that day with this verse. And it's because of this verse that we are here today. This verse started everything. And this verse just came during fellowship time. It wasn't during fasting and doing something really. It was just spending time with him because he's so good and I want to know more about him and I want to be with him and I want to spend time with him. And this verse, and I'm, no, now, this, this is from God. I'm like, Lord, what is this? what are you trying to say? Why? What? And he started dealing, and I'm going to give other scriptures that he gave after this, but the core of this verse is he led them forth by the right way that they may go to a city for a dwelling place. I've never had a city that I could call a dwelling place, that I could stay in. Even in South Africa, when I was at school, I was at boarding school in another area. I went to school another district from where my house was. So it would be, for example, you may go to VCU, but you're from North Carolina. So you're not really from Virginia. That was the case with me. Then when I went to Taiwan, even though I was there for 15 years, and I believe I was more Taiwanese in South Africa, I just don't look Taiwanese. (laughs) I just don't fit in. I can speak the language. I can eat the food. I can do all of that, but... (laughs) No, you're not Taiwanese. So even though I lived there and loved it it was good, I was not Taiwan. That was not my city. I fled at one stage from the police. Friends of mine got into real deep trouble. Lord spoke to me and he said, you better get away. And I fled. I ran away. I went to Japan. I lived there for some time just to get away from everything that was happening. That same friend of mine in Asia, you have to understand that drug trafficking is death penalty. They don't mess around there. There's no excuse of, well, I never knew. Because when you apply for a visa to go to Asia, that is what they put in your passport. Before you get off the plane in an Asian country, they say to you, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this airport. It's 37 degrees outside. And just remember (laughs) that drug smuggling, you carry drugs, is the death penalty in Asia. So one of my friends was caught selling heroin to an undercover cop. It's bad. So I had to flee. I ran away because the police were following us. The police were looking. It was just bad. And and God in his grace told me to run, to go. So I did. But now I didn't have a city that I could inhabit. There was not a place for me that I could really, really, really call home. And then Holy Spirit spoke and he said, there's going to be a place that I have prepared for you. And you will call it home. It will be your city and you will dwell there in peace. You will put your roots down. You will stay there and you will never have to run. That's what this verse means. I'm like, okay, that's wonderful. Where is it? Tell us now. So the more time I just spent with the Lord, the more time in just praying and just praying in tongues. Because you know the word says sometimes we don't know how we ought to pray. Uh-huh. I didn't know what to pray. What's next? I mean, what do we do from here? Where am I going to go to any country other than my own that is going to allow me to go because I have a criminal record? Not many countries want people like me. They just look at your past and they say, okay, you've done this, you're bad, we don't want you here. So how's that going to work? And just spending time with him, he started speaking and he started leading and guiding. So he said that there is a city that will be a dwelling place. And long story short, uh, one day the television was on and it was... CNN business something, which I do not watch. Uh, And there was a guy doing an interview with someone, and he was sitting in the most lush green garden that I have seen in a long time. And they finished the interview, and while I was walking past the television and looking, I was looking at the trees and the green grass. And living in Taiwan, when you see a building over there, building over there, building over there, building there, green grass and trees, that's beautiful. Beautiful. So I was looking at that, and I'm thinking, man, that's beautiful. Where is that? Boy, you know. And when they were finished with the interview, they said, thank you, Mr. Joe Blow from this company in Oregon, Portland, Oregon. I'm thinking, Oregon? Wow, where's Oregon? That sounds very, very nice. So next day or two days afterwards, we go to our local Kroger food line, whatever you want to call it, Carrefour. And in this shopping center, there's a Nike outlet store, which we have been to thousands of times. So I walk into this Nike outlet store, and for the very, very, very first time, I notice a poster on the wall. It says, 1971, my year of birth, Nike head offices, Oregon. Like, wow, that's, I've never seen that before. Never, ever. And I've been here countless times. So now Oregon's coming up, Oregon's coming up. The next day, I go to gym. This is in my city in Taiwan, small little city. There's a lady there. As I walk to the bathroom, she has an Oregon Ducks T-shirt on. (laughs) I've never heard Oregon Ducks. I didn't know what it was. So now I've seen Oregon, Oregon, Oregon. So I go, and and God starts leading towards Oregon. This is the city that I have called for you. Oregon is a place that you will go. And he starts speaking to me about Oregon. I remember phoning my sister, who was here for quite some time already, and I phone her and I said, is there, do you know Oregon? Is there a place called Oregon? Have you ever heard of Oregon? So she said, yes, it's beautiful. You'd love it. There are trees and forests and camping and things like that. So that's how this whole visa thing came to be, is just through one verse, just by spending time with him, and he just lifted something out of the word, and just Holy Spirit blew on that. So after I've got this, he gave us a lot of verses and things from the Bible that he said, this is what we need to pray and fix our vision on. So if we can have Esther chapter 8, verse 8, please, guys. Okay, Esther 8, 8. This is where Esther goes before the king, and she wants to say to the king, please can you do this because of what the people wanted to do to the Jewish people? And the king answers her, and in verse 8, it says, you yourselves write a decree concerning the Jews as you please in the king's name and seal it with a king's signet ring for whatever is written in the king's name and sealed with a king's signet ring no one can revoke so here we are Lord where do we go how do we what do we do and he said you write down whatever you want to happen you put it in my name and that's what will come to pass Something, okay, now, how, how big is God? How much can we believe him for? Are we just going to say, okay, just get us here by the skin of our teeth, let us just, or are we are going to say, okay, if God said you write a letter, put whatever you want in it and sign it in my name, how good do you think I am? So we started meditating on this verse, meditating on this verse. Start seeing things bigger because he's a good God then just, okay, we just want to get there. We just, then he gave us also Nehemiah chapter two, verses four to 10. So this is where Nehemiah comes before the king. He's pouring the wine. He looks sad. And the king says to him, what's your problem? Why are you looking sad? And this is Nehemiah's answer. Then the king said to me, what do you request? So I pray to the God of heaven. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, And if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Then the king said to me, with the queen sitting beside him, how long will your journey be, and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. Furthermore, I said to the king, if it pleases the king. Let letters be given to me for the governors of the region beyond the river that they may permit me to pass through till I come to Judah and a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he must give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel which pertain to the temple for the city wall and for the house that I will occupy. And the king granted them to me according to the good hand of my God upon me. Then I went to the governors in the region beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. So here's Nehemiah's slave. He's in front of the king. He's fearful because he's sad about what's happening from the area that his forefathers come from. And the king says, what's your problem? Why are you not happy? And he explains and he says, this is the problem. And the king says, okay, what do you want? And he said, you know, here we read, I need letters. I need visas to be able to go across the water to the country that I want to go to. I need provision. I, I need you to give me a letter that I can take wood from your forest to build me a house while I stay there. And the king says, okay, how long are you going to go for? And we also then had to think, you know, God is sending us, how long are we going to go? And, and, and we believe that God said, you will come here forever. So when we need visas, we need forever. We need papers that can say, you don't have to come back, you can stay there. And then not only that, but it says here that the king sent of his own army with Nehemiah to do everything that he asked of the king. So God gave us these scriptures And he said, meditate on those. You write down what you want. You see what you want. What you want is what you write down and believe that I'm good enough and and able to be able to do that for you. So me with a criminal record, us with no job, no money, getting on a plane, we've left our work in Taiwan, stepped away. This was 2006 that God spoke this to me. And he said, in 2010, you will be in America. And in August 2010, he said, okay, before that, but he said, now you leave your work. Mm -hmm. Tiffany was teaching full-time. I was teaching full-time. Taiwan is a great place. We were making a good salary. Life was amazing. It could not get better. And then he said, okay, leave your job. Walk away from everything. You now go into full-time ministry. It's like, okay, that, that, that sounds amazing. <laughs> How are we going to do that? He said, just trust me. Okay. So we went to our schools. We told our principals and the bosses, because you're a contract worker. They obviously wanted us to stay. I mean, now you tell your parents. You tell them, we're leaving. We're not going to have a job anymore. Why did they fire? No, no, no. We told them, we're not coming back. Why did you do that? Because the law told us to do that what, What the Lord who, Lord who, what, and people don't understand that, but we knew that we knew that we knew that God said, leave everything, full-time ministry, and I will take care of you, you're going to go to America without money, without a V, without plane tickets, and it was just, okay, so now we don't have a job, God has to provide, so do you want to tell him about Sarah?
1: And then the the lady I was talking about, she was fighting cancer, so I was helping her son. So one day, she called me and said, hey, I want to go to Costco, but I don't have membership. You have membership, right? I said, yes, I do. So she said, do you mind, you know, go pick you out, and then let's go to Costco. I need something there. I said, oh, yeah, sure. So we we arrived at Costco, and then she was, you know, taking a bunch of stuff, and she said, rifle like this steak, right? I said, yes. So she said, let's take two. I said, okay. So I'm thinking, what is she doing? And then she said, do you have rice at home? Do you have this? So she, I mean, that, that Charlie is packed. So I said, Sarah, I don't think you need so much food at home. You only had two little boys, and I don't think your husband eat that much. So she said to me, no, 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 this is all for you guys. I said, no, 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 we cannot. We cannot upset that. So she said, she said to me, she said, rifle teach me sowing and reaping. And now, Holy Spirit told me to sow into your life. I said, okay, I get it. I'm sorry. I can. <laughs> so I have to, you know, immediately say, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't want to block your, you know, blessing. I'm so sorry. She said, that's exactly what I'm doing. I want, you know, I want to bless you guys because you guys have blessed me so much. So I said, okay, let, let's do it. So, you know, every time, <laughs> every time she would call me and say, hey, did you eat lunch here? I say, no. She said, Okay, I'm coming to pick you up. I said, Okay, where are we going? She said, Do you like hot pot? I like hot pot. So she said, Let's go eat hot pot. I said, Okay, sure. So you know, she would, you know, find a lot of reason. And then to take us to, you know, the rifle like steak. I said, Yes, let's go to that buffet place. I said, Okay. So, you know, we were just, you know, she just took us everywhere and then that timing, you know, we need the rent, even we don't have income. But you know, God just supernaturally before, you know, the payday and then people would come say, Hey. God want me to sell this to you. God want me to give this to you. Everything just happened like, you know, God was really, really, really taking care of us. And also we have to, because um, all our furnitures, all our stuff at home, um, a lot of people say to us, you, you should sell your stuff, you know, to get more money, to get your plane tickets. So um, that time was a, a couple from South Africa that was missionary in Taiwan. So, you know, God spoke to us to just sowing all our stuff to them. So, I remember the wife, was she was so, she just looked at us and said, why don't you want to sell this stuff? You can get money. You can get, I don't understand. Why are you why are you guys doing this? So, we just said to her, we said to her you don't understand, you know, the sowing and reaping. God told us to sowing all our stuff because one day in America, we need, you know, we need, the furniture. So God just said, you know, by faith, just bless other people, all your stuff. And then I will provide. So that's exactly what he does.
0: Yeah. So as I say, rent money, food money, it's easy to say, you know, okay, full-time ministry, you don't have any, where's, where's the rent? Where's the food? If you don't know where your next meal is coming from, but from God, if he doesn't show up, you're not going to eat. But man, he was just every single step of the way, he was one ahead of us. Just and people were once again, you are crazy. We gave our car, we sewed our car, we sewed our motorbikes, our scooters, we sewed absolutely everything, and we had nice stuff. There was no junk, it was nice. And I'm 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 telling you this to give glory to God, but before we sewed the car, before we sewed the scooters, we had them detailed, we had them cleaned, we had them washed. With the money that we had, while no money is coming in, and people are saying, you're giving this away, and you are cleaning it to give it to the people, what is wrong with you? And it's just the ways of the kingdom are different than the ways of the world. And to the world, it is foolishness. They do not understand it. So all the time, God was just looking, do you know that since we've been in America, we have received three cars? Since we have been here, three cars, people just gave us three cars. I remember the very, very first one, the friend that gave us the car, he asked me to come to their place and stay over there Sunday night. He needed some help, and then he drove me on Monday morning. here to be at work very early, which was far from his house, so we left you know, just before 6. So I'm in the car, I'm still half asleep, and he says, listen here, brother, I have to confess something. I'm thinking, oh, please not now, it's before six in the morning, I don't want to pray for anything, please, let me just, thinking it's just us two in the car, he's going to, this is, you know, so he says, I, I have sinned, I'm like, okay, bless me, Father, for I have sinned, so he says, I have been driving around in your car. God has for the longest while told me to give this car to you, and I. I've just been disobedient. I haven't done it, but I, I, I can't go against this anymore. So the title is there in the cubby hole. Just take it out. It's yours. This is your car. So as soon as you get to your place, will you please drop me off at my work in your car, and then <laughs> I'll ask my wife to come back. So three cars God has given to us because when we were in Taiwan, You see, you can open the apple, you can count the pips in an apple. But you can't count how many apples there are in a pip. People don't get that. I'll say it again. You can open up an apple and you can see how many apple pips are in the apple. You can count them, one, two, three, ten. But you don't know how many apples there are in one apple pip. So when you take that seed from the apple and you plant that, you don't know how many apple trees you're going to get back from the one pip. So people are saying, "Sell everything, cause okay." So now we got a whole stack of money. Now you come to America and the money's gone. What now? Cause it's gone. But you see, a seed and a harvest always keeps producing. Always keeps producing. That's why you give. That's why sowing and reaping works. That's why when people didn't understand and now they look at the life that we have here and what we're doing, and we can say, can you remember when we did this and that? It's just a seed that we sowed and now the harvest is coming towards us. That's all. And you can't argue with results. It's fine to have a theory and fight and have wisdom above other people, but when you start seeing results, what do you say against results? People can't fight and come against that. So that's what people are now seeing and they're thinking, "Wow, maybe there is something to this hearing from God, giving to others, sowing to others. Because either we have completely lost it and we are completely stupid and need to get a life, or this God thing is real. You can choose. Because seriously, when, when, when we go into the bedroom, because we call to fellowship, when we go into the bedroom and speak to him who you can't see, him who you don't know, either he's there and this thing is real or we are completely mad. You, you make your own choice. You make your own decision. Because one of these days people are going to see. So don't ever, when you go into the bedroom, hear the voice of the enemy saying, what are you doing here? Are you wasting your time? Why are you here? There's so many other things you could be doing because he's there. And you see, when we go in, we are changed by grace through faith. So when you go into the quiet place, When you go in to have fellowship time with him, because you're doing it by faith, without you knowing it, the grace of God is changing you in that place. And when you walk out of the room, you will be different than what you were when you walked in without feeling, without seeing, without noticing. Why? Because by grace through faith, he changes you. Your and my part is the faith part. That's why we go into the room, because we believe he's there. His part is the grace part. What is grace? To do through us what we can't do by ourselves. And the more we step into that fellowship, because it's not a fear based relationship. And there's so many people in this amazing covenant that we are in. And people say that the whole time. What if you're wrong? What if he didn't speak to you? What if all of this is just you? Okay, what if we are wrong? And we give everything away. And we come to America and we don't get a visa. And we have to go back to Taiwan. Big deal. We went to America and I can stamp another spot in my passport. That's amazing. The first time I came to Taiwan, I had absolutely nothing. So what is the problem if America was just something that we thought up? Soon we'll be able to see whether it was God or not. Because on the 6th of December 2010 we arrived with two suitcases at Richmond International Airport. That was it. Two suitcases. But you can see God in our lives because of his grace. So it's obviously he that did tell us to come and his grace that brought us this far. And there's so much more to go. This past week I had lunch with Nikki. And we were sitting and we just both realized the exact same thing is that your and my life has very little to do with you and I. Life is not about me. It's not. And so many people make life about us, about me. You're not called here for yourself. You're called here for others. You see, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then love your neighbor as you love yourself. Get in line. You think you're standing in the front. That's why life doesn't work. You weigh at the back. You and I shouldn't even be able to see. We, there's none. There's just looking ahead to where he's leading. There's just in front of us are our neighbor, and in front of them is God. And when we can stand and take our rightful place in line after God and after our neighbor, man, things will just trickle down from God to the neighbor, to us. So when we can realize our place in this life all these visas all of these things as amazing as they are were not really done for Tiffany and I as a, as amazing as this is but we were sent here to be able to be a blessing to others that's why we're here we don't sit in the room and go my love look at the man we are just wow <laughs> let's take another picture selfie selfie picture <laughs> It's not about us having this so that we can have this. All of that, God did for one, well, not just one. I mean, he wants us to be living a good life and have pleasure. And we've met so many people. I'm so close to my sister and her family. And all of that's amazing. But it's he sent us here. He has a greater destiny with our lives other than just her and me. He sent us here for you. That's why all of these impossibilities became a possibility. And as soon as we can take our eyes off of ourselves and we need this and we need, he will make you get all the things you need so that you can get back in line. Take your rightful place. So it's time. That's, I mean, the time goes so fast. But next week we'll have another, I mean, we did what, two verses. But God is so good. And and you may be here thinking, man, I heard from God. I think I heard from God. But it's just sounding so impossible. It sounds like this is not God. Is it God? Is it the devil? Is it me? If God is truly a loving father and you do make a wrong choice, you're going down the wrong path, don't you think he will tell you? So why fear? Is this God? Is this devil? Is it me? Should I be doing? Why don't you have faith? in the goodness of God, and believe in his ability to speak to you more than you believe in your ability to miss him. Because of this covenant that we are in, it's a covenant of fellowship, not fear, not law, punishment, reward. It's not about that. It's about fellowship. And if he says that I will take your heart of stone out of you, give you a heart of flesh, I will write on your heart, Believe that he's able to write on your heart so that if you are walking down the wrong path, he can just write and he can say this is not the direction and he'll send people to you to say, should you be doing this? this is, I don't think this is God, but he's always leading, always guiding. And what seems impossible to man is not impossible with God. So let's all stand. Father, we just thank you for this time. I don't even know, Lord, just if what was said, Lord. There's just so much more that I want to say. There's just so much more in me that we just want to give you glory and say that you are able, that you are good, that you are God Almighty. You are a loving Father. We are called to fellowship with you. I just pray, Lord, the words that were spoken today, Lord, would just touch each and every one of our hearts that people would know that it's not just for a certain bunch of people. It's not just for certain groups of people but this gospel of grace is for everyone who would believe and I just pray Lord that when and what you have spoken to us in the quiet place as impossible as it may sound that we would step out of the boat and walk on the water because you are standing and saying come to me my child water is nothing for me when I'm standing and waiting for you so you can walk So we just thank you for that, Father. We thank you for your word. Your word is alive. Your word is powerful. Your word pierces our hearts and shows the intent of what is on the inside of us. So thank you, Lord, that if there are intents that are not of you, your word will show us. And your word will take those out. And your word will review and show us what you have for us. It's through your word that you lead and guide. Holy Spirit, you are the counselor, you are the comforter, you are the teacher. So we open ourselves to you and we say, have your way. It doesn't matter how impossible it seems. It doesn't matter how difficult it may be. Your grace, even as Pastor Doug said today, you are able to make all grace abound to us. God is able And we choose to believe in an almighty, all good God that you are able to move in my life every mountain that needs to be moved so that I can fulfill my call and my destiny. And the first thing of that call is to walk in fellowship with you. And out of that fellowship, out of that quiet time, out of that secret place of intimacy will come and will be shown and will be revealed what you have already predestined for us before Adam and Eve even were. So we thank you for the quiet place. We thank you that when we enter into the quiet place, we don't go there hoping you will arrive, but we go there knowing that you are there waiting for us. And when we go in there by faith, your grace changes us. So that we can move from glory to glory, from faith to faith because of your faithfulness. So we just bless, Lord. I bless this house. I bless this congregation. I bless every...